This is one of those mornings where I got a message from Tim earlier in the week saying, do whatever you want this morning. And uh, as a preacher, that's a kind of interesting place to be. It's the, do I go and look at stuff I've preached before and repolish something I've done before? But I didn't feel that was right. Uh, And as I was praying, I I was drawn to this parable um, and the whole story of the banquet and the question of what do we do when God invites? What do we do when God invites? And as I was preparing earlier in the week, I began to wonder what it would be like to be invited to one of the Queen's garden parties and what you would do if you got that kind of invitation from the Queen. That afternoon, I was with one of the people I mentor, works with the church army, and, uh, and he and I were talking, and amidst the conversation, he said, you wouldn't believe what happened to me this morning. So I said, go on. He said, I got an invitation to the Queen's garden party. <laughs> so I said, and so? He said, well, I've not looked at my diary, but it doesn't matter what's in my diary, I'm going. <laughs> and, uh, and, and for him, it was that whole thing of, this is so important, nothing else is going to get in the way. Um, he's a really interesting guy, and actually it will be a completely... Um, a complete surprise for him that he'll be there, but it's so important. The story is of a king having a banquet, or a certain man having a banquet, and the idea that this is going to be something really, really special, really significant. And when you have a banquet, Generally, what happens is two things. There's a bunch of people who are invited because they're always invited. So if you're really boring and ever look at the kind of the pages in the newspaper that talk about what the Queen is doing, um, if the Queen has a banquet, they kind of have a list of who went. And if you look at that list, you'll find all kinds of people on the list who always go. So for the Prime Minister, or even the leader of the opposition, or the Archbishop of Canterbury, whenever there's a banquet, you're there because you're standard. And then there's another whole bunch of people who get invited because it'd be really nice for them to be there. And so there are the expected, the anticipated guests, and there are the unexpected guests, those who will be surprised to be invited, but should be thrilled, really pleased that they're in this important event. And Jesus tells this story of a man who is going to hold a banquet. And he sends out the invitations. And the way Jesus tells the story, this banquet is going to be a really special event. Special in terms of the food that's being served. Special because of the ambience of the occasion. Special because of who else is going to be there. And so if you're invited to this banquet, there is a sense in which This is a valuable invitation. It's not just a, let's pop to Costa for a coffee. This is an invitation with value. An invitation that says, if you've been invited, you matter. If you've been invited, you're important. It's an invitation that says, the person inviting has thought hard about who's coming. They may even have to select some people in and others out because they've got a certain amount of space. So if you're on the list, it matters. And Jesus tells how, having sent out the invitations, 
The person having the banquet is so keen that those who've been invited come that he sends a reminder. Now, you can't do that by a WhatsApp group. You can't do that by sending another email because they don't exist. So he sends out his servant with the invitation list to go back to the people who've been invited and say, don't forget it's coming. The banquet is here. And when the servant meets the potential guests, they begin to make excuses. And the excuses they make are, to be honest, pathetic. They are ridiculous excuses for somebody who's been invited to a very special occasion. The first one says, I've just bought a field and I need to go and see it. Guess what? That field will still be there tomorrow and it'll probably look almost the same as it does today. Nothing is going to change. It's a pathetic excuse. Another one says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please excuse me. Which would be a bit like saying, I've just bought a new car and I want to try it out, but it can't wait. I'm going to do it today. I'm trying out my new car is more important than going to your banquet. The final one says, I've just got married and I can't come. That doesn't mean they got married today. It means recently I got married and I can't come. In the ordering of their life, knowing the party was coming and getting married does not mean one can't allow the other. Each of their excuses kind of sounds like, well, it's an excuse, but it has no real bearing against the value and the import of the banquet. And as I was reflecting on that story and this invitation to attend something of value and something important, I was drawn to some of the invitations that Jesus makes to us. Some of the things that Jesus invites us to do. Some of the things that he says to us. I'm wondering how our response is when we hear Jesus' invitation. When we hear him come alongside us and say, come, come, come. Let's just pick up one or two. There are lots of them, but let's pick up a few and just consider them for a moment. Jesus' invitation to his disciples is an invitation to us. Come, follow me, Jesus says. And I'll send you out to fish for people. Follow me, be where I am. Follow me, um, imitate me, follow me, learn from me. Follow me, be called by me. And to each one of us comes that invitation, not as a one-off, but as a life daily invitation from Jesus. Come, follow me. And I wonder what the excuses are that we made last week, or the excuses we might make in the week ahead, 
when we hear the nudge of the Spirit saying, come, follow me. Come and be where I am. Follow me not just by putting your footsteps where mine are, but follow me in example. Follow me in imitation. Follow me in that example that I reach out to others so that you will do the same. Too busy, too preoccupied, too embarrassed, too much going on. Jesus' invitation to come follow him. But like this one, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That kind of sounds like a straightforward invitation. Come to me, those who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. And some of us will relate to the weary and burdened bit, relate to that idea that there are moments when we feel heavy loaded, carrying too much, too much going on, and there's Jesus saying to us, come to me. And what are our excuses? I'm too busy to come. There's too much going on for me to come to you. I'll let somebody down if I come to you because I'm carrying their load as well as my load. I'm too tired to come. Everything's too much. Why would I want to come? It's just too difficult. And even in this place where Jesus is saying, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if it's all hard work, come to me and find rest. Too often our excuse is, I can't do that. And we miss the thing that Jesus asks of us because the burden outweighs the invitation. The distraction outweighs the invitation. The difficulties outweigh the invitation. And we find ourselves making excuses rather than responding. Jesus says, come to me. What about this one? Jesus told a parable. It's a good day for this parable because it was the parable of two builders. And, uh, and those two builders, one builds their house on the rock, one builds their house on the sand. And Jesus says of the one who built his house on the rock, that when the torrent struck the house, and the storms came, they couldn't shake it because it was well built. And what Jesus says is that the one whose house was built on the rock whose house was well built, was the one who heard Jesus' words, Jesus' invitation, and puts it into practice. Those who build on sand are those who hear Jesus' words and don't put them into practice. There's an invitation to do what Jesus teaches us. There's an invitation to apply Jesus' words. And we make excuses. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it when I've got some time. 
Maybe after the holidays, when life's at a different pace, maybe then I'll put some time into taking these words and putting them into practice. And instead of an immediate response of, yes, I get it, I need to change. Yes, I get it, there's a call on my life that I need to respond to. We kind of park it and carry on living our way rather than God's way. Our excuses, when Jesus says, listen to me and follow me, and come to me, and do it my way, and we ignore, and we make our excuses. Jesus reminds his disciples at the Last Supper that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We came out one of the songs we sang earlier on. No one comes to the Father except through me. And our response is, I can do this by myself. I'm Mr. Mrs. Miss Independent. I don't need the help of Jesus. I can work out the way by myself. I'm sure it's going to be okay. I'll just sort it. And our excuses are around our independence and our ability to make our own decisions. Jesus says, I am the truth, and our excuses are, I can find truth my way. It'll be all right. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life, life in all its fullness. And we say, it's okay, we can make life all by ourselves. We can find our happiness, we can find our contentment. We don't need Jesus. And our excuses come around our independence, our sense of self-reliance, and sometimes, again, it's just easier to do it our way. There's an invitation in your inbox. There's an invitation on your doormat. There's an invitation on your phone with Jesus saying, come to me. With Jesus saying, follow me. With Jesus saying, put down your burdens and find rest. With Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. With Jesus saying, all this stuff you know, put it into practice, live it. The parable has a shocking ending. Because in the parable, the immediate reaction of the master is one of disappointment and even of anger. This is horrible. That sense of rejection, that sense of um, dismay, as the invitations have been issued and yet the responses are zero. No response. And then the response moves to one of grace. 
because the banquet giver sends his servants out to find those who will say yes. He sends his servants out to those who will be glad to come. There is an amazing picture, I think it's on the BBC News website today, of um, somebody who went to the Wales match yesterday and had a spare ticket and invited a homeless man that he met on the street to have his spare ticket for the match. And the smile on the man's face is amazing as, um, as he was able to go into um, the stadium and see that match. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful picture. And, uh, and we have this sense of the reaction of the banquet giver as he invites those who will come. The entitled displaced by the unexpected. As I prepared for this morning, my sense was that our focus was particularly not on those who get invited the second lot of invitations, but about us and our making of excuses. As we prayed before um, the service this morning, there, there was a, some things that came out that just for me confirmed some which I'd felt as I prepared and prayed for this morning. That question of whether we are aligned to God's will. Whether we're walking God's way or whether we're making excuses that mean we're drifting off course and away from the things that God wants. In the busyness of life, in the preoccupation of life, in the things that are going on around us, are we adrift, making excuses, knowing that we're not quite where we should be, but recognising maybe this morning that we need to come back? There's um, a Bible teacher tells the story of how, as a child, um, his family had a sailing boat. And, um, and they used to take it from the UK into to Europe. Um, and in order to do that, that meant crossing um, either the Channel or the North Sea. Uh, and on one occasion, they left um, Essex to go across to the Netherlands. And they sailed at night, because actually it was easier at night to see where the other ships were, because you could see their lights, um, than to go in the daytime where that was just much more difficult. Uh, and he tells the story of how they cross the North Sea at night and, and as the day breaks they can see land. But the land they can see doesn't quite look like the land they expected to see. They had made a very small error in the compass bearing as they left Essex. And instead of ending up in the Netherlands they were heading towards Belgium. Because at the beginning of the journey, that made hardly any difference. But by the time you got across the North Sea, that was really quite a big difference. And when we're making excuses and adrift, on day one, at the beginning, it doesn't feel very much. 
But the more we make those excuses, the more we drift from the place that God wants us. God's invitation is always to come to him. And we see that most powerfully in the story of the lost son. Of a father who is waiting for the son who had made so many excuses and got it so badly wrong. Dad, I wish you were dead. Dad, I'm going to take your money. Dad, I'm going to spend your money, but I'm going to do all my thing, my independence, my way, my truth, my life. I can sort it all out. And then it all goes wrong. But the father is not the father who condemns. He's the father who welcomes. And when we've made excuses, when we've drifted, when we're not where we're supposed to be, there's a father waiting and a father who wants to welcome. A father who, as um, Graham reminded us earlier on, who invites us to seek him. And when we seek him, we will find him. Some of us are in that place of having made excuses. And there's a God, a Father, who's waiting for us. Who says, actually, I want you to come home. Maybe we need to say sorry for the oxen or the field, whatever else it is that's taken priority. But now there's a God who's saying, come back. Come back. Come back. It might be one area of our lives. It might be multiple areas of our lives. It doesn't matter. There's a God who's saying, come back. Have you been making excuses? Are you conscious this morning of the excuses that have come out of lack of time, lack of commitment, lack of perseverance? And right now there's a God who's saying, come back. Can we stand, please? Be still. Be still. Just remember those words. Come, follow me. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take these words of mine and put them into practice. I'm the way, the truth, the life. Come to the Father through me. Jesus, we hear your invitation this morning. And we're sorry for the times we've heard the invitation and made excuses and done our thing. And this morning we want to say, God, I'm sorry. This morning we want to make that choice to realign ourselves with your will. To be in the place of saying yes to you. To saying yes to following you. Saying yes to finding your rest. Saying yes to putting your word into practice in our lives. Saying yes to you being our way, 
our truth, our life. God, we thank you that you welcome us home. God, we thank you that you uh, invite us to start again. To put the excuses aside and to follow you. I think some of us this morning just need to acknowledge that choice that we're making in our hearts this morning to say, God, I'm sorry, I've made excuses. It might just be about one thing in our lives where we know we're making excuses and we're running from God. It may be multiple things, but this morning there's an opportunity to respond, uh, to come forward, and in coming forward, we're just displaying to God and to ourselves, this is a new beginning. This is a new start. This is a new opportunity to change and to say yes to God and no to the excuses. So those who have been in that place of excuse, can I invite you to come forward and just uh, acknowledge before God, this is a new start.